River City friends and family, if you guys want to start to make your way to your seats, we're going to get started here this morning. Awesome. So it is such an honor to spend the Sabbath with you. Thank you to everyone that's watching on live stream. We miss you guys. We're so glad that you're tuning in with us, though. And uh, let's get started on our announcements. So for our first announcement this week, we are going to be having a blood drive through the Red Cross. It'll be at the table on the 27th from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Also, look out for our holiday market. That's going to be the first and third Saturday, starting from the 21st. And that'll be from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. every other Saturday. And then for our ladies, we are going to have a gathered woman night at Alita Cook's house. It's going to be the 13th at 7 p.m. If you need an address or more information, if you want to send an email to Kara at Lee at RiverCitySmyrna.com, she'll give you guys some more information about that. And then for our last announcement, we have a Constellation Worship Night. So I'm just going to invite Jordan really quickly, and he is going to tell us a little bit more about that. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Um, Constellations is going to be next Wednesday on the 18th. Um, we're going to start it in the evening. It's a prayer and worship night. It's focused on calling out and encouraging God's light within us um, and our role as a spiritual family here. Um, hence the name Constellations. And there's going to be more information coming into the year inbox, I guess, this week, probably. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But we're asking for this event to consider sponsoring somebody to go. It's going to be a $25 admission. And the heart of it is that if you have someone that you believe would connect with um, kind of a personalized worship experience, if somebody comes to mind, um, for you, just consider sponsoring somebody to go. And then we'll be in touch with you guys about it moving forward. Awesome. I think we all could use some encouragement in this season. So definitely be prayerful. If there's someone on your heart, reach out to Becca and we'll get you guys some more information with that. So for this morning, I'm going to read our lectionary passage and then we're going to jump into prayer. And our lectionary passage is going to come from Psalm 78 this morning. And it says, hear my teaching, O my people. Incline your ear to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will declare the mysteries of ancient times, that which we have heard and known of what our forefathers have told us, and we will not hide from their children. We will recount to generations to come the praiseworthy deeds and the power of the Lord and the wonderful works that he has done. He gave his decree to Jacob and established a law for Israel, which he commanded them to teach their children that the generations to come might know, and the children yet unborn, that they in their turn might tell their children, so that they might put their trust in God and not forget the deeds of God, but keep his commandment. And so Father, we just hear you this morning, encouraging and beckoning us to be people of God who tell stories. God, we thank you that you are a God who has a long line and lineage of good deeds and that you are inviting us to tell them and witness and testimony about you. God, we thank you so much for this morning and the gathering of your saints. Thank you for those that are watching on live stream and those who took the time to be here this morning. We love you and it is an honor to be in your presence and to be with one another. Lord, I pray a special blessing over everyone this morning that they may truly hear you. That they may see you and know that you are kind and you are good and you are compassionate. 
Lord, let them feel seen by you this morning. We thank you and we worship you. And in your holy son's name, we pray. Amen. For all of my parents this morning, you will see this survey. It's going to be through City Kids. If you guys want to scan that, it'll have a survey for you to fill out at the end. And if you're watching on live stream, you'll have that email to you later on this week. can just stay standing with me. We're going to do prayers of the people a little different today. Typically, we pray for our nation, the world. We pray for all of the churches across the globe. We pray for persecuted Christians, and all those things are very important. Today, I wanted to pray from a different angle. I wanted to start by saying we have to recognize that as of this week, about half the people who voted in our country are happy this morning and about half the people who voted are really unhappy this morning. And it's a good reminder to us that no matter what happened in the election, whether we're excited or we're not, that Jesus is still in control and the church has so many opportunities. Should I back up farther, Marcus? It's gonna be in Crosby's lap. It's gonna be okay. Is that okay with you? He's ready, he's welcoming, he's hospitable. So I want to just start by praying for something I know is present that's been surfacing. And as we're standing praying, I want you to think of the people in your life and around the world right now that are lonely, that are feeling the weight of trauma, that are in emotional turmoil. And I want you to get some people in your mind and your life that are struggling right now, mentally, that you know need connection and community, that you know need to be encouraged. Maybe it's you. So Father, we present these people, go ahead and close your eyes with me. We present these people that care, that we care so much about to you. Singularly and collectively, we ask that you would be the kind of Jesus that is present with them. Help them to experience connection with you and connection with people who love them. Even bring people to our minds right now who are struggling mentally, emotionally. Bring the lonely to our minds right now, Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, that no matter what happened this week, we don't get to pretend like we're done with our part because for Christians in America, the goal is not just voting, it is living gospel-centered life, and I am thankful we get to model that. So one way we can do that is love our neighbors well who are broken and alone and suffering quietly behind smiles and suffering while being let go from their jobs and suffering while not knowing how to pay for next month's rent and suffering because they don't know how to reach out for community. Help us to be the light on the hill, the light in a relationship, be sent into people's lives this week. So even highlight in us people to love well. For those of us in this gathering that need to be encouraged, help us to be vulnerable and transparent. And so just real honestly, if you're someone here in this group that needs an extra layer of prayer this week, if you would just wave at me 
can look around. You can open your eyes, look around to see who's waving. These are our brothers and sisters. This is our, our blood, our kin. Anyone else? If we could just point our hands towards those people. Jesus, we love that we get to be your body. We love that we get to love well. We love that it's not just about us getting what we want. We love that we can step in and walk with people. So we lift up our brothers and sisters who just raised their hands and we say, yes, Lord, more. Yes, Lord, more. And we say, pour out your grace and abundance over their mind and heart and fill them with the kind of peace that's not even explainable. We pray for healing in our brothers and sisters' bodies. Thank you for their transparency, Jesus. It's beautiful. And next, Father, we lift up those people we just talked about that are broken and in need in our lives, and we ask you, even if you want to just kind of hold them out in front in your hand, this is the person I'm thinking of that needs a radical touch from Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Touch them. Finally, in prayers of the people today, Jesus, we ask that as we approach our communities and coffee shops and we approach social media and we approach all of these avenues that we represent you the way that you're asking us to represent you, to love well. And we thank you, Jesus, for every good gift that you have given us. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm not actually preaching today. I'm going to ask Kara to come up in just a second. So many of you don't know this, or many of you do. Um, if you were here before service, you would have seen a tent snap in half and then fly away. So we're going to have Nate make us a leather tent next week because that is not going anywhere. No? No leather tents. Okay. So one of the one of the pots we've had, prayers of the season, is that God would provide the right leadership and the right season. And one of the first moves we knew we should make was that the body was offering us opportunities to help people connect differently than before, right? Like right now we're in a parking lot. The only other time we were ever in a parking lot is when a fire alarm went off and we were in a parking lot. We're here now because this is the way that people will meet and gather. There are other ways that people will gather. There's, a, there's an invitation into community in backyards and around bonfires, in parking lots, in small areas. But we, we knew that we had to make efforts and steps to step into leadership that could help to provide that. So after prayer and seeking, we knew that God was leading us to hire and step into a position where somebody could do connections, community, and re-engaging the body. And so Kara had been praying and thinking through what God was calling her to, and it felt like it was kind of a marriage and a good time to do what we did. So we brought her on board on a higher level, doing more to work towards connection and community. And so some of you have been called. Who have you been called by us this week? Anybody here been called or emailed or texted? We're, we're reaching out to everybody to figure out where you are, and we're trying to figure out what's best for our body. And so Kara's going to be really running with that in the next season into the new year. But today she gets to share some of her heart, which if you know Kara, you know that everything she does is done from her heart. Nothing is done as a secondary. All of it is foundational to her. So she's a deep 
person. She's a deep and meaningful thinker. And you can have really good conversations with her if you like as well. You can pull her aside after. But Kara, would you come up and let us pray for you? And then you're gonna, you guys are going to give Kara your full attention. There might be children that drive past you, around you. That's okay. That's part of it. Can I pray for you? Yeah. Could you guys just reach your hands towards Kara? So this is going to be the official, we bless you, Kara, to walk in your calling, and we bless that God has called you here to do this. So we're asking you to do it creatively, but we're not asking her to be more than she should be. We're not asking her to burn out. We're not asking her to not do the work that the body's supposed to do. We're not asking her to do the part you're supposed to do, which is re-engage. And so, Kara, we bless you to walk in what Jesus has called you to walk in. We do not bless you to, to walk in what Jesus has not called you to walk in. You are called here to do these things because you are loved by Jesus and you are loved by this community. So there's opportunities. So, Jesus, I now pray for the body. Now, we're going to point towards you guys. Now, we pray for the body to step into their rightful place as people who will engage and not have things done for them all the way along. We pray that they will step back into scenarios where they can pull weight with us so that this is a family and not a strange group of people listening to people on a Sunday. We bless this community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Let's see if this is better. We good? Ayo. Okay. Good morning. Uh, yeah, this is a little bit different uh, than um, just preaching through it's my child who might try and run up here. Uh, than just preaching through a lectionary passage like we go through and one I have before because this is this is specific to what has been um, cultivating in my own heart and our heart for community. And so I'm going to pray really quick. I know Josh just prayed, but I'm going to pray. Um, and then we're going to hopefully hear from the Lord. God, I thank you that you are in our midst. I thank you that whether we're outside or we're inside or we're in our homes, God, that you have gone before us and that you've prepared a place for us. And I pray that your presence would just settle where we are, that our hearts and our minds and our ears and our eyes would be open to seeing you and hearing from you this morning, that we would feel encouraged, that we would feel hope well up inside of us in a new way. I thank you for what you have done and what you are doing and what you're going to do within the community of River City and in the city of Smyrna and the surrounding areas. In your name we pray, amen. Um, so part of my story is the fact that I have been uh, walking with Jesus um, since for most of my life. I could put an age on it, we'll call it five. I don't actually know how accurate that was. I'm pretty sure I was still living in Florida, so I was five or younger, and I have a recollection of, of wanting to choose Jesus, whatever that meant to me at the time. And I have been walking with Jesus kind of ever since, and there's certainly been roller coasters and ebbs or flows to that, but truly, I consider myself blessed in that I have now been walking with Jesus going on 25 years. So I'm almost 30. You do the math. 
And I have um, done some of my journey, actually a lot of my journey with the Lord, not being in community. And then I have done a chunk of my relationship with the Lord within the context of community. And so I, I have experienced both. And what I have learned thus far is that life is going to be hard regardless, but doing your relationship with Jesus and doing the hard parts of life with Jesus and with other people is so much better than doing the hard parts of life with Jesus by yourself. Because outside of the word, one of the main ways that Jesus talks to us and reveals himself to us is through other people. And so risking, and there, it feels like a risk, especially to us, but risking stepping into community and making yourself vulnerable, raising your hand, acknowledging that you have need, that feels risky, but what you're met with is an opportunity to see Jesus in other people and for you to feel seen and affirmed and loved. And so that is part of why I am incredibly excited about this. It's because I have done both Jesus, this life with Jesus, with people and without people. And I can testify that doing it with people is so much better and it is worth it. And so an example of this, I believe in scripture, I'm gonna be using a passage of scripture that I don't think is the most common way to talk about the community, um, but honestly, it's what Jesus drew me to, so we're just going to go with it. And so I'm going to be um, reading a story that probably a lot of you have heard um, out of Mark 2. This wind, y'all, is not kind. So I'm going to be reading a passage out of Mark 2, and it's when Jesus heals a paralytic man. And it goes something like this. Starting in verse 1, it says, And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had made an opening... They let him down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming, and who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in their spirit, in his spirit, that they had thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. So this is some of the things that immediately caught my attention. You have a man who's been paralyzed, 
for an unamount, unknown amount of time, but I'm going to just make the assumption it's been a while, probably his whole life. Maybe he had an injury that caused the paralysis, but we're just going to guess he's been paralyzed for a while. And there are four men who are bringing this paralyzed man to Jesus. Before this, um, he, in scripture, in the scripture leading up to this, Jesus had been healing, traveling around, doing his ministry, healing and preaching. So these four men take this paralyzed man, try to get him to Jesus. The crowds, there's too many of them. And so their thought is, I'm gonna climb up a roof and lower him through the ceiling. And we just read over that so quickly. I mean, there's like a verse given to that. Um, And when they could not get near to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof. As if that was like an easy thing to do. They have a bed with a paralyzed man, which is heavy. I have been on a bed unable to move and that's heavy. This is a paralyzed man unable to move. They climb to a roof. Not like the Atlanta Dome where you just push a button and like magically just opens up. They had to create a hole, probably not cleanly, with the belief that Jesus would heal this man if they could just get him close enough. The proximity that they had to the suffering of the paralyzed man was so real to them that it became so true to them that they needed to create a hole in a roof of somebody else's house to make sure that this paralyzed man could get time with Jesus. And when Jesus sees him, because they successfully do it, I'd love to know how long that took, but regardless, they do it. And his response to them is that their faith, their faith, the faith of the men who had carried the paralytic to Jesus, their faith is what brought healing to the paralytic. Not just the faith. We don't actually know the faith of the paralyzed man, but apparently that's not the point. It's the the faith of the paralyzed man's friends that brought him that restores healing both physically and also spiritually. And when at the end of this, it ends with saying they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. And so when I read this and I thought about it in the context of community, I realized that all of us at some points in our life, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual, are the paralyzed man. Throughout our life, whether you've experienced great suffering yet or not, you will, because we live in a broken world, We will all need to have somebody carry us to the foot of Jesus when we may not be able to get there ourselves. When our suffering is too great or when our faith is uncertain or when I'm just not sure is God who he says he is or who am I who he says I am. I just don't know that we can rest on the people that are close enough in proximity to our pain and our suffering that their faith may be an encouragement to us that we would receive full healing and restoration from Jesus. 
But see, we have to be close enough in proximity in life together to know the suffering of the other. And we ourselves have to be willing to take the risk to let people into our suffering. There's this quote from them, one of the commentaries that we often use when prepping, and it was not from this week, but I remembered it actually this morning. And it's by William Greenway, and it says, one is emptied of self to the degree one is overcome by the needs, pains, hopes, and desires of others. When concern for others takes one utterly beyond self-interest, beyond obsession with achievements and self-obsessing guilt over failures, beyond self, then one receives the comfort of an Easter yes, so overwhelming, unconditional, undeniable, and an absolute that it is experienced as unfailing and forever. I'm going to read that first part again because I think that that is what is most applicable here. One is emptied of self to the degree one is overcome by the needs, pains, hopes, and desires of others. When concern for others takes one utterly beyond self-interest, beyond obsession with achievement, and self-obsessing guilt over failures. See, these men... I just, I want us to put ourselves in the the position of the four men. They knew that Jesus was coming to town. They wanted their friend healed. They thought of him. When Jesus was in town gathering, they thought of their friend. They thought of this man and then took the time and the effort to go out of their way to present this man to Jesus. And what I think is neat about that last verse is that they got to partake in the celebration of getting to see Jesus glorified. There was also fruit and blessing in for them because they were willing to put the other before themselves, because they were willing to sacrifice for the other. The goodness of God says that in doing so, you also reap fruit and benefit because they also got to be in close proximity with Jesus. They were being the hands and feet of Jesus before being in front of him. Their faith in who Jesus said he was going to be is what led them there in the first place. And so that, to me, is, is almost a picture of what community done well looks like. Is that we, together, being in life together, knowing the ups and downs of our day-to-day lives, sharing in that with one another means that when we hit that point where we feel like the paralyzed man who maybe wants to be with Jesus but cannot get there themselves, that other people go, oh, I'll carry you. Amen. I will carry you. And there's this understanding, there's this mutual commitment to one another that when it's your turn to be that one, that there will be other people that go, I'll carry you. It's okay. And so it's interesting because we, I think a more common passage that we often preach from in terms of groups especially, or community, excuse me, is Acts 2.42. And the way that the church was started and they met in homes and 
I'm gonna read part of it really quick. And there's definitely nothing wrong with using this passage. I was tempted to as well, honestly. Um, and so part of, so the Acts is, we see the church really coming alive. And says, Acts 2.42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Yikes. Um, and, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day. That is a picture of the fruit of what I think community looks like in groups. That's, that's like the fruit of it. But if we go back to the Mark passage and in John, it says that we will be known by the way we love one another. We've been talking about that a lot of more recently. It's I think been brought up the past three weeks in church. We learn a lot about those four men and how they loved the paralyzed man. There were people who got to experience and watch them loving that man. And in Acts, one of the reason why their numbers grew is because other people outside of the community saw how people inside the church were loving one another and they were drawn to that because it was countercultural. And so when we talk about community or when we talk about groups, one way that we can see and know that God, we're doing it in a way that honors God is that people from outside the church are attracted to the way that we're loving one another. And it's okay that it looks different and it's okay that it hurts us in the midst. It's okay that it's hard and messy and awkward and chaotic. That the world is not looking for the church to be perfect. That's not what they're looking for. They're wanting to see that we're loving with sincerity and intentionality. They're wanting us to they're wanting to see how we serve one another. How we encourage one another that we do it honestly. Because see, when, when I was at a point in my walk with the Lord, I distinctly remember in high school, I had, was struggling with anxiety some, but I was really questioning myself and who God had said that I was, my identity. And there was one night where I was in my room and I said, um, I'm not leaving this room until I hear from God who, and he tells me who I am. Cause I just, it was out of desperation, really. I wasn't sure if he was even gonna meet me, but I was like really desperate. And I'm really thankful that God met me and I'm not suggesting that God wouldn't meet me, but what I think would have been really neat is if I had people in my life who I could have texted or called and said, would you join in praying with me or maybe for me? Because I'm really struggling right now. 
And see, I got the chance to do that in college and I've gotten the chance to do that since being at this church because that's how the community of God and the family of God operates. That we get to invite people into our suffering and I get to be invited into the suffering of others and then I get to, I get to carry the mat for them and they get to carry the mat for me and they get to pray for me and they get to encourage me and affirm me. And so the tangible way that community plays out at River City Church is through life groups. That is where the rubber meets the road. This right now is beautiful and it is sacred and it is for the exaltation of Jesus. It is for the corporate body coming together to lift the name of Jesus higher above every than any other name. But this is probably not gonna be the place where you begin to meet your people who are gonna know the ins and outs of their suffering and the victories of their life. That, this is not gonna most likely be the place for that. And so if you keep in your mind that you want to bear that fruit just by being present at this Sunday morning service, you're probably gonna be disappointed. And that's not specific to River City Church. I would say that for any church across the board, if you attend on a Sunday morning, it is valuable, it is necessary, it is from the Lord. But you will not get the community that your heart is longing for just met right here. Because this space is beautiful, but this space is the coming together of exalting the name of Jesus. It is lifting his name in worship upward. It is listening to, to a, an apostle preaching. And then you go. And the rest of the week is for the going. It is for fulfilling the great commandment. It is for fulfilling and walking in life together. And that our response to that space is life groups. And community is a word that is thankfully picking up traction across churches in the Western world, which is great. We need that. And so for us, how do we do that? What, do we, what does that look like? So we have life groups. And the thing is, is um, we are every day of the week being formed by something somewhere. It, whether it's passive or intentional, we are being formed by the social media that we consume, by the people that are around us, by the people and conversations we have at work. We are being formed and informed by choosing life group and by choosing community is another step towards choosing to be formed in the context of the family of God. It is an intentional choice to be formed in life with people who love Jesus, who you want to share life with. It's a space for all of us to break bread together, to practice confession together, to practice lamenting together, to practice encouraging one another, to practice praying for one another, to practice fun, because there's not a ton of that happening, it kind of feels like, <laughs> in the world. <laughs> it is an opportunity to do all of those things together. And when we choose to say yes to those things with a group of people and walk through life together, the result is a church 
in groups like what's pictured in Acts where we're being known by our generosity and our numbers are being added to because an overflow of that is that our neighbors are attracted to how we're loving each other. Our neighbors are attracted to how we're talking with one another and they want that. And so then we get to love our neighbors out of an overflow of that and our numbers are added to. It's not about numbers, but I do want more people to know Jesus. They don't need to come to River City Church if that's not where they're supposed to be, but more, I want your neighbors to know Jesus. And so I want neighbors in the kingdom of, I want numbers in the kingdom of God to be added to. In life groups and doing them well, doing them honest, doing them with vulnerability and taking the risk, that is, what, is how that is happening. And I, and at River City, it deeply matters to us that we are both worshiping in the temple and worshiping in the homes. That we are both taking communion here and taking communion in the homes. It is not an either or, it is both. That is what the church in, at its best looks like. It is both. And so we want you deeply i want you part of i mean the thing that is my job <laughs> is for us to provide safe places for you to go to have connection and have community and for it to be something that maybe rubs you the wrong way in the right way though sometimes and also the place where calling gets identified in you and encouraged and it's also also the place where you get to go and have game night that's, that is a full, robust life in the family of God. And that is what we want for you guys. So practically speaking, that's the vision. That's my vision. That's my heart. Practically speaking, right now, so right now we're in the middle of a group season and we follow a calendar. We have a group season and we have a rest season. We're, our group season will be ending after Thanksgiving. Why? As a lot of people ask, why is there a rest season? Why is there, why is this a seasonal thing? So we have a rest season for a couple of reasons. One is for the people who have been leading and facilitating group seasons, that they would have a chance to not get burned out, to not become um, so tired of serving that they can't serve. Right, we don't want that. And part of that is choosing to intentionally put in their arrest season that they may get refreshed and restored so that then they can jump back into group season and that they can lead out of rest instead of needing rest because they're overworked. We want, we want you guys who are facilitating life groups for the rest season to spur you on into serving, not be your recovery from serving. So that's one reason. Another reason why we have rest season is because it provides opportunities and space in your weeks, logistically speaking, to connect with other people who may not have been in your life group. If you're committed to a certain group of people, 10, 12 people, it now opens up space relationally, logistically, practically speaking, for you to connect with other people in the body. And so, what we want to do is in that rest season to provide opportunities of connection. 
even though it's not being confined to a life group uh, setting, that doesn't mean that there's not connection and opportunity. And so we are coming up on a connection, or excuse me, a rest season, which means there won't be formal life groups happening, but that does not mean there's not opportunities to step, begin building community through connection. And so it's our responsibility to offer and provide those opportunities. And what we ask from you guys from the body is to say yes to those opportunities. It is a partnership. We have to, it is our responsibility as the church to offer opportunities. And we are asking from you guys that you would be willing to participate in saying yes, so that a, the fruit of that saying yes is community. And so right now, what does that look like? What will be your options of connection if you're not in a life group right now, but would like to be connected? Let's go back to the page that got blown away. There it is. Okay. So for two months, December and January, yikes, it will be rest season. Coming up in December and throughout January, these will be your opportunities on that I know of right now that would be opportunities for connection. There's Caroline Godby is, has a group right now called Practicing the Way. It is for women. Sorry, guys. But it's open to any, any of you. So if you're sitting there going, I would really like connection, that is an in route. They meet Tuesdays at 10 right here behind me. Anybody is welcome. Bring yourself. That's all you got to bring. Luke and Stacy Wills have a game night that happens once, sometimes twice a month at their house. You can come one week and not come for three weeks and then come the next week. There is no obligation other than bringing yourself if you're wanting connection. If you're wanting to organically meet people without that you feeling like you're tied to, to very deep, vulnerable conversations, that would be a really good in route. We have worship nights. We had a face down a week ago. Conversation and connection happened before and after that. We have a blood drive that's gonna be happening at the table, thanks to Shannon. That is gonna be an opportunity for you to connect with people in the River City body and also serve the community. And then, this will sound like a group, but it's not, but kind of. I'm breaking the rules a little bit because it's 2020. But this year we're gonna be doing a non-group group for Advent. And that's because Truth, truly, it's because of 2020, right? 2020, we know it's been hard. We don't need to talk about it. We're all aware of it. Here we are. But so we're going to be doing something for Advent that is going to, to provide an opportunity for connection and some type of community in the midst of Advent. A lot of people, myself included, have already started to participate in certain holiday-themed things. Some of you may have your tree up or lights up. Maybe you've started watching Christmas movies. I have. I totally get it. There's a lot of language around wanting Christmas because 2020 has been the year that it has been. And so we're holding Christmas very enthusiastically and very tightly. Nothing will touch Christmas. 
which is great and I support. This is in no way shaming or judging that. However, I believe that Advent is going to be so, so, so sweet this year. I believe that deep in my core. I believe Jesus has spoken that, that what is going to make Christmas amazing this year is that we have such a greater appreciation for the longing of the birth of Jesus. That is what we're all longing for even right now. We're longing for the second coming of Jesus. The things that are unsettling and hurting socially, culturally right now will be fulfilled in its fullness when Jesus comes again. That's what it's in all of us as Christians. But for right now, so in Advent, that was my Advent uh, soapbox, we're gonna be doing a study for Advent together. And so we have ordered some, um, we're gonna be using He Reads Truth and She Reads Truth studies. This is the books as they look. They also have an app if you don't want a book or don't care about a book. They are very pretty though. Um, and each day is modeled, each day is talking about a reminder as to why Jesus came. Jesus came to be the light of the world. Jesus came to do what Adam couldn't. Every day is a scripturally based truth of why Jesus came. And it is a recentering, a reminder that what we all love about Christmas, sure, it's fun and joyful and delicious food and all of that. My love language is gifts, so I especially love Christmas, yada, yada, yada. But as believers, what's really, really, really great about Christmas is the truth that it points us to. And Advent does that. It creates guardrails towards reminding us this is why I really love Christmas. So if you are interested, this is what we'll be doing. I will have a Facebook group specifically for the people who are wanting to travel through these studies. And we will gather in person twice during that month and then probably a Zoom call. I know Zoom, Zoom fatigue is real, I understand. Um, but probably do a Zoom call somewhere in there. And it's a way for us to connect and to have community around the Advent season. And I'll be talking more about that as Advent comes. The point of why I even said that and I went towards the logistics and the practical is because we need to be aware and to realize even when it feels like there's not a lot of opportunities, there are opportunities. And so we want to invite you guys officially, this is all of your officials invita official invitation, to step and to say yes into the opp opportunities to connect with other people. We so long for you guys to be in community, deep, rich, formational community. And so in this rest season, these are your chances to say yes to connecting with other people. And it will better provide you opportunities when it comes to groups. You'll already know some people. When life groups come around in February, you will have already started to build organic relationships with people through these opportunities that then you get to enrich your experience within life groups come February. 
you know, I, I was thinking and preparing for this morning and I was, um, I just kept on thinking about how neat it is that God himself is communal. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. At all times, he is communing within himself. And so when we choose to step into the family of God, and when that is in us, we are constantly being invited into communing with him, but also communing with each other. To experience and to know the fullness of the heart of God is to be communing with him and communing with each other. It is a rich, rich, rich invitation. And that, that is what we want to present before you. The constant reminder that there is an invitation to a rich and full community within the family of God. So I'm going to pray for us. And then I would just encourage you to allow this to be your first opportunity to connect with one another. If you see someone that you don't know, maybe say yes to saying hi. It's awkward. It really is. I would not be like your number one pick for a connections team person. That's not my greatest strength. But I'm constantly in the process of learning to say yes and embrace that awkward because that is what I believe God is not just saying for me because it's my title, but he's saying this is for me because it's part of being in the family of God. And so I'm going to pray for us. And then I would just encourage you to be willing to maybe make that first yes of saying yes to somebody else who you don't know, or maybe you've seen in passing for three weeks in a row. Just say hi. We're all, I mean, at this point, a friendly smile goes a long way, <laughs> much less a hi or a, this is my name. <laughs> it's slow builds. It's small steps towards the rich life with Jesus. So God, I thank you for every person that's here today. I thank you for the, the privilege and honor it is to partner with you and to serve this body. I thank you that you have fun, great, exciting things in store for the community of River City Church. I thank you that community doesn't have to stop just because COVID happened. I thank you that you don't stop engaging with us just because we get distracted. May we be a people that loves each other well. May we be a people that loves our neighbor well. So I just pray a blessing over every person here. I pray a blessing over these months, the next couple of months coming up and opportunities for connection. I pray that you would allow uh, friendships and relationships to organically just begin to surface. May we be willing to risk our comfortability and say yes to the awkward knowing that what lies on the other side of that is beautiful, deep, meaningful community with each other and with you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness and for your heart towards us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So, love your neighbor. The people sitting next to you, the people around you, say hi to them. And then enjoy the rest of your day and maybe love your neighbor at your house because they need it too. <laughs> we love you guys. Be blessed. 
Have a great rest of your week. Have a great week. Be safe. And we will see you next week. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.